because the credibility is what is at stake and the experience, right? You don't want to go and do these things because if you're syndicating a deal and you have other people's money, you don't want to go play with that money. So you want to make sure you equip yourself with the right team, surround yourself with the right mentors, and then, you know, do all you can do in terms of putting yourself in the right position to win. So that's what we've done in our business to try to make sure we equip ourselves and surround ourselves with the right set of people, get the right set of training as well, and continue to educate ourselves such that, you know, when these opportunities come, we'll be ready to jump on them. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Penn, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, we have Tenny Tolofari. Tenny is a real estate investor that specializes in investing in apartment complexes. In this episode, we'll talk about transitioning from a full-time job into becoming a full-time real estate investor. We'll be talking about what you need to do to start getting recognized as a real estate investor, as well as how to create strategic partnerships to leverage any skills that you're lacking in. If you're new to this podcast, subscribe to the show and leave a review. We release episodes every Wednesday and Sunday and release the show notes on our site, everythingrei.com podcast. By the way, if you need help financing your next real estate project, check out Conventus Lending. Conventus is the best hard money lender with amazing rates and incredible service. I've used them for years and they've always been incredibly easy to work with. If you need a hard money loan, contact me at sean at everythingrei.com to get $1,000 off of your processing fee. And if you want to know the secrets of how investors in the Bay Area are making huge profits in one of the most expensive markets in the world, download the free Ultimate Bay Area Investing Handbook on our website, everythingrei.com. Enjoy! All right, Tenny, thank you so much for being on the show today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know who you are and tell us what you do. Thank you, Sean. I really do appreciate you for having me today. I'm basically a, a real estate professional. I basically buy apartment buildings across uh, emerging market in the United States. Um, I have a partner of two, Leslie Awasom and Julius Oni. They are both medical professionals and I have a IT cybersecurity background and a financial services background as well. So three of us came together, joined forces to form Excite Capital Investment LLC. So focus heavily on multifamily asset class. Great. And how did you find your partners and how did you even get started with real estate investing? That's an interesting question. Thanks. So I came to the United States. I was born and raised in Nigeria and I came to the United States for grad school. So in 2012, I graduated with my master's in um, cybersecurity. And I got out of an opportunity, great career. I worked uh, with companies like Boeing and Deloitte, providing uh, cybersecurity expertise to these companies. And at one point in 2016, I asked myself, you know, do I want to continue to work in the corporate world forever? Or should I think about something else to do? And I came across uh, one of the fastest growing financial services company in the country. And I said, okay, you know, maybe these guys will be able to teach me about business. So in 2016, I uh, joined the financial services company to learn about entrepreneurship, and I started offering financial solutions. In that process, I met one of my partners, Leslie. I met his wife when I was doing a presentation, and then the wife introduced me to him. And then from there, we basically found out that we had some similarities when it comes to our ambition and philosophy, books we were reading. And from there, we started having conversations. We started meeting to play the, the Robert Kiyosaki board game where he talked about how to buy assets, real estate, and a whole different types of asset class. And then from there, we started talking about business. And in 2019, we decided to open up Excite Capital. 
Um, and amongst all the different asset classes out there, we, we chose Butler Family because of a whole bunch of reason, reasons. One, which is you can, you can leverage an expat, which is a property management company. Debt that you can get on it is great. The loan that you get on it is non-recursive where, you know, the burden is not on an individual, but basically on the property itself. And also tax benefit that comes to it, depreciation that comes with it. So a lot of different benefit comes with this particular asset class. So we decided to just dive in and learn as much as we could within it. And in that process, we met our partner, Julius O'Neill, who brings a lot of investor relation to the team. So three of us has been running the company since then. That's great. It's funny because I feel like we have a lot of similarities because I was also an engineer before going to real estate full-time. And actually, I was working at Boeing for about three years from 2011, 2014. Oh, yeah. Where, where were you at? I was in El Segundo. So we were working on satellites for the government. I was in Charleston. Okay. Very nice. That's in, that's what's in the uh, commercial plane over there. in and did you say you you work for Deloitte as well? Yeah, Deloitte. I did. I was. A, I'm a global consultant with Deloitte. I actually, still do consulting with them. I'm a global consultant with Deloitte doing cybersecurity. Very cool. So I had a buddy who also works at Deloitte, and so yeah, those two companies are pretty big in our lives. Yeah. And it's cool that you're able to meet your partner through your your, your side businesses while working at your corporate jobs, and you even play games like Cashflow 101, which I've only played the online version, but it's pretty fun, and you get to learn all the concepts of like buying cash flowing assets to be able to, you know, get that outer circle where you're like living the rich life. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that um, we both learned about ourselves while we were playing that game, me and Leslie at the time was my habit with money, how I, how I hold onto money and I don't want to kind of just put it and invest and how he's a little bit more, you know, I don't want to put the money, I put my money to work for me. So we kind of started understanding different nuances about ourselves, our character, how we manage money and everything. So it was a good experience. Absolutely. And your story is so interesting because you guys, you know, learned about the different investing strategies out there. You guys got interested in real estate investing, but from your story, it seems like your first real estate investment was your apartment complex you guys bought? So for me, yes. Wow. Well, Leslie, he's been doing like the single family property investment before we met. Me, the only property I had at the time was my resident where I'm living at, but I've not invested in any real estate at all. I know that that's one piece that I've been missing because if you know the Robert Kiyosaki cash flow quadrant, he talked about the E, the S, the B, and the I, right? And he said, if you want to be wealthy, you want to be in the B and the I quadrant, right? So I have the E where I was working a corporate job and now I'm, I'm establishing a financial services business, which I've worked with a lot of people building the business in the B. Now what was missing is the I where I can invest my money in. But I have not looked into it that much because people I surround myself with at the time were not people that are thinking about investing in real estate and other people that are entrepreneurial in nature. But when I met Leslie, he was already working in that space. So I found out that, you know, that might be a good partnership when it comes to investing. So that's how I moved from, you know, doing E, B, and now I'm, I'm working on the I quadrant that Robert Kiyosaki talked about in his book. So. So effectively partnering with people allows you to skip some steps. Like you didn't have to go through the whole acquisition of, you know, small rental properties, like single families, duplexes and fourplexes. And you could just partner with people who've already had that experience and move on to the bigger stuff like apartment complexes. Correct. Because one thing that, you know, we did earlier in our journey was to learn about all the different asset classes out there, right? Just to try to understand 
what people are doing. Because if you don't know how, what people are doing and the pros and the cons, you will not be able to effectively execute your business. So we learned about flip, buy and hold, wholesaling. We went to all these different conferences and different events and met with a lot of different people. And one of the things that a lot of them were complaining about is tenant, how they, they have to deal with tenants, the scalability of it. Some of sometimes there's one point I talked to a lady, she said she had a, a four unit apartment in DC. She actually was just breaking even. That means she's not getting any cash flow. Why? Because the amount of money coming in is not enough to service the debt. So because of that, you know, we started understanding the number of units you need to have in order to be able to pay your property management company and you want to be able to pay your, your mortgage as well. So we decided to go bigger because we know that if we have more units, 20 units and above, one, we'll be able to have a, a good property management company that can manage your property. Two, we'll be able to service our debt. Three, we don't have to worry about toilets and dealing with tenants because we're transferring that burden now to a property management company. And there are a whole bunch of other advantages that come with doing more units. And of course, vacancy. If you have a four-unit apartment, one person goes out, you have 75% vacant. If you have two people go out, you have 50% vacant. Three people go out, you have 25% vacant, right? So those are some of the things that we, we looked into and uh, we decided to go big direct because there's no reason why not. Yeah, there's no reason why not. It's, if it's a matter of money, you just need to raise the money and then you're going to be good to go. Yep. Because, you know, everybody wants to get real estate, right? Everybody wants to own a real estate. If I can go and do the work, look for the great property and present it to them and alleviate the pain of them managing the property, managing tenants and doing all those hassle, I think is a win-win situation for everybody. Yeah, makes sense. And you realize that you want to go big and you said 20 plus units, right? How did you end up getting that like 190 plus units? That's like almost 10 times your minimum threshold. Absolutely. So what happened was we started networking. We became a part of a, basically a mastermind group and a mentorship program. We try to put ourselves out there to let people understand that we're in the space, right? And as part of that networking, we came across a group that invited us to be a part of that 192 unit that we did in Marietta, Georgia last year. And interestingly, we just I was just closing on the deal too here in DC for the nine unit class A property here in DC as well. So it's been an amazing journey so far. Got it. So in the very beginning, you were kind of invited to help someone else with their deal. So you're helping like to raise and at the same time, you're getting mentorship and like you're learning the whole process by working with this bigger group. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I think it's very hard for someone who's brand new to create their own syndication. Yeah, it's because the credibility is what is at stake and the experience, right? You don't want to go and do these things because if you're syndicating a deal and you have other people's money, you don't want to go play with that money. So you want to make sure you equip yourself with the right team, surround yourself with the right mentors, and then, you know, do all the all you can do in terms of putting yourself in the right position to win. So that's what we've done in our business to try to make sure we equip ourselves and surround ourselves with the right set of people and get the right set of training as well and continue to educate ourselves such that, you know, when these opportunities come, we'll be ready to jump on them. Yeah. So what was your involvement for that first 192 unit complex and what did you learn from that one acquisition? The biggest lesson that I learned from that one is the philosophy when it comes to find the deal, the money will come, right? If you're in the syndication space, you hear a lot of people say, hey, listen, if you find a great deal, the money will come. And then that was one philosophy that we fell to because at one point we had a couple of investors that we met going to one of our conferences and 
a lot of them were very, very interested in what we're doing. And they kind of promised us that they have money to invest in any great deal that we brought to their attention. So we found this great deal. We were not talking to a lot of investors. We were not wanting to share with our family, our friends, because we felt like, okay, maybe let's just do what we're doing. We don't need to tell a lot of people. But that was the wrong thinking, right? So we finally found a great deal. As part of the general partners, one of our tasks was to raise a certain amount of money. And of course, we're going to be involved in running the property. We got invited to do the due diligence as well, which I personally flied, flew down there to Marietta, Georgia to do with them. And so to cut long story short, we ended up not able to raise the amount of money we were supposed to raise because we did not reach out to investors upfront. We were believing that the few investors we've spoken to that says when you find a great deal, we're going to give you the money. They finally, they backed out at the last minute. So because of that, now we, we couldn't go in as general partners. So we ended up just putting our money into that deal as limited partners at, uh, for that particular deal. Yeah, it makes sense. So I guess lesson learned is that you need to prepare for people to back out. And so it's probably best practice to oversubscribe, at least for the verbal commits and be like, look, next time we have a deal, I'm going to give you guys priority. But if you back out, I already have a long list of people. So you're not going to be like, what happened to you guys? You're not going to be like, without the funds during crunch time. Absolutely. You want to start letting people know about what you're doing because you don't want to, another lesson from that is you don't want to go to people to ask them for $50,000, $100,000 of their hard-earned money when they don't even know that you're actually doing this, right? So when we were in crunch time at that time, when I started going to our family and friends saying, hey, we have this deal. We need to raise half a million dollars. We need you to bring $50,000. And they're like, dude, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> When did you start investing in real estate? Or when did you start investing in this kind of real estate that's big, you know, that you have to raise this amount of money? So the credibility was not there. The trust was not there. So that's one of the big mistakes that we made at the time as well. And, you know, right now we're seriously fixing all of those. Yeah. So what would you do to fix that problem? Because I feel like this is the same challenge that almost every new investor has. Like they just come out and they say, hey, I understand that real estate is a great way to place my money for great returns. And I know like, you know, syndications are a great way because you can pull money together. But how do you get people to trust you if you've never done a deal before? You want to let them know that you're working on it before you find a deal. For instance, you know, if you're my buddy right now and I say, hey, Sean, man, I've been going to different real estate conferences. I've been going to mentorship program. I'm involved in different mentorship program. I'm studying. This is what I'm learning right now. Right. It's just like going to school. Right. And your friends start understanding this is what you're doing for a long period of time. And when you come now with a deal, they will not be surprised. They'll be like, oh, yeah, Tenny has been working on this for a while. Let me check out. Let me see what he's doing. But if you don't tell them, you don't inform anybody about it, and the first time they're seeing you is a deal and you're asking them to give you $50,000, that's kind of really, really hard to sell, you know. So you want to kind of start just sharing with your friends and family because that's where a lot of people start. Someone like me, I don't have friends and family because my whole family is back home in Nigeria. So the people that I work with are people that I you know, went to school with. And when I just showed up and started saying, hey, I have this 192-unit deal. It's a great deal. I have the right team. The deal was, like, amazing with the team, the experience, everything. You cannot afford that deal. But because I didn't share with people up front, I, we kind of uh, fell short. So that is uh, one big thing that I think a lot of people should start doing. Just start sharing with people what you're doing, even if you don't have a deal. Just open your mouth and talk about it. As long as you're determined to do it, like you want to do it. It's not like one of those guys that are saying, I want to, I cannot, 
But if you know that you're doing this, start telling people earlier on. That makes sense because I think maybe before people think, oh, Tenny, yeah, he's a, a pro at cybersecurity. So if he has something related to cybersecurity, sure, I trust him. But now Tenny's coming out of nowhere talking about multifamily investing. Like, what does he know about it? Exactly. Yeah. So you have to let people know that you're now in the business. You are this type of person. So when you have something to show, it's not like coming out of the blue. Absolutely. So like right now, people call me and consult me for cybersecurity. They say, hey, dude, you know, I'm having this problem or I want to do this. What, where should I go when it comes to cybersecurity? How should I do this? They know that that is my expertise, like my domain. When it comes to financial services, they reach out to me and ask me some questions as well. But they don't usually reach out to me to ask me anything about real estate because they know that that's not my domain, right? But now for the last, you know, one year and 18 months or 19 months, one year and eight or nine months right now, they know that this is what I've been doing. They see me that, you know, I've been traveling a lot, having a lot of events. I'm out there on social media. So they are beginning to see that I'm serious about this whole thing. I'm producing a lot of content with my partners. And again, we're just closing this. We're going to close on this deal tomorrow. So by the time they see these things and they hear all the information and all the success that we're having, they're going to start taking me seriously now. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. I think social media and content creation are super important things to have because like you said, like people see that stuff all the time. And I think maybe I've been in the real estate space for maybe four or five years now. In the very beginning, people only think of Sean as the engineer. But then, you know, slowly as I have like this podcast or I start creating YouTube videos or host meetup events, now people actually go to me to ask for real estate advice. Like no one comes to me for electrical engineering advice. Yeah. And that's just built over time. You know, every day you post something or you reply to someone's comments and you just say, oh, yeah, I might know this guy. Here's a referral for, you know, this kind of work. Or you're posting that you're at Home Depot or whatever. They think of you. And when they have a question on real estate, they go to you first. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are you doing on, like, the social media front or content creation side to get people to know more about you as a real estate guy instead of you as a cybersecurity guy? Right now, I don't post anything about cybersecurity on social media. The only thing you, on LinkedIn, if you look at my profile, you see cybersecurity um, expert. That's it. And then syndicator. And then uh, multifamily, and then you look at my, you see my company. So I don't pop, say anything about you know cybersecurity or any of that because that's where I'm moving out of, right? But again, that's the core of my background. So in terms of uh, content creation, there's a lot of new people that is in the space. There's a lot of people that want to learn, that wants to learn from our experience as well. So we try to just share whatever we have. We see ourselves as a, we don't know who you can help. For instance, there's a lady that sent me a text message listening to one of my podcasts. And she said she heard about my background, where I came from and everything. That really inspired her. Like she just texted me out of the blue that, hey, listen, that she needs me to advise her on what she what to do. She wants to house hack. I said, wow, that's an amazing start, right? But again, if I didn't put myself out there and started sharing my story with some people, it might not connect with everybody. You know, just that one person that I was able to connect with kind of, you know, I showed that to my wife and I was like, oh, wow, look at you um, impacting people's lives. So just those kind of things, no matter how little it is on social media, on podcasts, wherever I can provide value to people, I try as much as possible to do. And of course, we're always seeking expertise from people that does marketing, creates content, reach out to people that knows how to do these things because that's not my domain. So we consult them ask them for help and they come in and help us do some of our marketing strategy and stuff like that. Yeah. It truly is one of the best feelings to be able to help someone out with something that you know. And you know, like whenever I get emails from people who listen to the show, I always reply back. So anyone listening to this, feel free to email me 
and uh, I'll obviously reply back to you guys. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any challenges while promoting yourself as like a real estate, you know, professional while also working full time? Definitely. The challenge that you, you have is just trying to find that balance, right? But at this point, because I mean, I'm so passionate about this, me and my partners, we'll, we'll, work around, we'll work on this around the clock, right? We don't have a set time that will be like, okay, this is the time I want to do real estate. You know, when you're doing your full-time job, you have schedule. That is a schedule that you maintain. But with this, is around the clock. You know, we have to get on a call at 12 midnight to do it. If we have to be somewhere, we'll be there. So... Though it will be in the future, as our responsibility becomes more when it comes to managing these assets, I'll have to move away from my full-time job in the next year or so. But for now, you know, we're just doing both. I'm just doing both of them and making sure that I'm able to be productive. Yeah. I was trying to say challenges in terms of like having your coworkers know or your bosses know, because I know when I was working full-time as an engineer, I was scared to post some of the things because I knew my coworkers would see it. And I was scared that my manager to find out that I was like flipping homes or doing real estate on the side. Yeah. Or, you know, posting on LinkedIn, right? Like, oh, my boss is my LinkedIn connection. So do I say I'm a real estate investor on LinkedIn? Me, I don't really care about what they think or if they come back and tell me that, hey, listen, why are you posting about real estate? I'm like, you want me to leave? If you want me to leave, I'll leave. I go look for another job or I just quit and do real estate full time because this is my drive. This is what's my passion. Everybody have something that they do. Some people like fishing, some people like to buy houses, some people have to re- rehab. Some people like to do different things that outside of job. And one of the great things about Deloitte as a company is, you know, they allow you to do things that you want to do. As long as you're not competing against them, you're not doing anything, you're not using their brand, like saying, oh, I'm a Deloitte consultant in real estate, which is not true, right? As long as you're not doing anything that affects their brand or is not affecting your role, I think uh, so far I've not had any problem with it at all. That's good. I know one of my other friends, he was working at a company and they knew that he was very active in the community, the real estate community, and even had his own meetup group. And they were telling him, hey, like you got to take all this stuff off LinkedIn. You can't be doing this. Like, don't worry about side hustles. Just work for the company. We'll take care of you. And I was like, I don't know about that. It was a good thing that he ended up leaving the company. Yeah, for sure. If I was the one, if they stopped pressuring me like that, I quit. Like, cheers. Nice. Very nice. So after you did this first deal with the you know, 190 apartment complex, what did you do next? So we, we took a lot of our challenges that we had in that. Challenges of creating our credibility, building our systems, bringing in the right set of people on board. One of our mentors was saying that, dude, you, know, you guys have gotten the education. You guys have gotten the experience. You have gotten the network. Right now, all you need to believe in is faith. You need to have faith in what you're about, what you're trying to do. And along that line, that's where one of our partners, Julius, came on board. So he's our investors relation partner. I mean, he brings a lot of that network to our company. So since the 192 units, we've been building our brand, building our team, building our backend system, forming our teams in the different markets that we're in. And that's how we're able to prepare ourselves for the deal right now that we're closing tomorrow in D.C. Are you allowed to talk about that deal at all? Yeah, I can uh, give some information about it. Yep, go ahead. As I was saying, uh, the property is a class A for the night units, high-rise building. Uh, it's right on the core of D.C. It's called Stepworth. It's an amazing asset in a prime location. The exit plan for the property is condo conversion. And, uh, you know, it has a lot of great return. Of course, definitely, if anybody is interested, I'll 
appreciate to give you some more information. Actually, no, an investor cannot get him at this point because we're closing tomorrow, but it's a great asset class, great property. We're excited about our investors and our company as well. So I don't know if that gives some insight about the property. Yeah. How did you find that one? So we chose two partner on our advisors, Viking Capital. They are the guys that we worked with in our last deal, 192 unit. So when I was going in and doing due diligence with them in September of last year, that's when they told me about this deal. And I told them that, you know, we're interested about this deal when they go on into contract. And why it took this long for them to close is because, you know, we are pursuing a hard loan. And a hard loan, it takes about six months minimum to get that loan approved. So when the opportunity came, they, they tapped us and said, hey, listen, you guys want to come in as co-GP on this deal? I would say absolutely. And that's how, you know, I, I knew about the deal a lot, September last year. And it's right by our, our backyard here in D.C. So a lot of our investors are excited about it because they can actually walk to the property or drive, take a drive to the property and see it physically. One of our market that we invest in is in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's a little farther out. So this is a prime property that a lot of our investors are excited about. And it's looking really, really good. So what kind of roles do you play as co-GP? In this particular deal, one of the things that we, we do, you know, we raise capital as one. The other role that we're going to be playing in this deal is helping them manage the property. Or we're going to be in on the general manager's phone calls to manage the managers. And of course, we're going to be helping out with, you know, basically running the day-to-day operation of the property when it comes to relationship with our investors, relationship with the property managers. And of course, working with other partners as well as co-GP in the deal. And yeah, what percentage of, of the total raising that actually raised to become considered co-GP? The total raise for this particular deal was $8 million, and the minimum was half a million dollars. But my team, we actually raised $775 million, $775,000 or $775 million. Nice. That's a lot. Yeah, congratulations on that. So I guess in this case, you're still kind of working with someone else who found the deal and who managed to... Uh, you know, create all the all the structure. So you're basically coming in as a minor role. But then I, hope, I think eventually your plan is to syndicate your own deals. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is the learning part, the learning curve for these things, right? You want to be able to get in your feet in the door, learn about how it works, learn about the, managing the property, the relationship that you build. You want to do all of these things before you go ahead and do yours. And we don't want to just go ahead and get, you know, investors money and Without we actually doing it ourselves as a company before, we don't want to just go and get investors' money and then run with it. Now, Viking Capital that we're working with, they have about 2,600 units that they've bought and sold, and they have a lot of experience doing this thing. So we're partnering with them on this deal. We give us a lot of insight. And of course, we've been getting a lot of returns from the previous deals I've worked on. We've seen their management style, their integrity, their philosophy, what it stands for. All of those things makes us want to continue to form the alliance. And most importantly, they are our advisors as well. So we have a great relationship with them. And that's why, like we've been invited to be co-GP on a bunch of other deals, but we've turned them down. We just decided to form this strategic alliance with Viking Capital. So this is just the start of a lot of different partnerships. There are some deals that we're going to get on our own and they can come in and be GPs as well, to be co-GP as well. So that's the kind of relationship we're building with this particular team. So if you're a brand new investor, you know, a brand new investing team, how do you get a group like Capital to take you seriously and allow you to even have the opportunity to raise money for them? You got to deliver. You got to show that you're serious. You got to show that 
you know, you're willing to do the work. For example, we met with one of the partners of Viking, you know, we put a call through to him and say, hey, listen, we're in the DC area, we're part of a network that you're a part of. We're looking for somebody around here that, you know, does this. Are you available to me? Just put something on my calendar with my, with our assistant. And he, she, she went on ahead and scheduled the call, the meeting, and we met. And he was like, man, I like you guys. Are you available to go to Atlanta with us? And we were like, you're right, right, we're ready. Uh, we booked our flight. Unfortunately, my partner Leslie couldn't come at the time. I flew down there to Atlanta with them. We spent two days, booked my hotel and everything. Spent two days with them, looked at the property, did the due diligence, met with the property management company, walked the, the units and everything. So he was like, these guys seem serious. While I was there, there was another opportunity that showed up. I don't know. I don't want to go into the details, but it's a great opportunity where there was an off-market deal and they were looking for somebody to buy it. And I had somebody that wanted to buy it. And the person flew down to Atlanta to try to get the property. So he started taking us and my group seriously because he saw that we were serious about what we're doing. And that's why they opened up the opportunity for me to come in as GP. And then from there, you know, he had already shared this particular deal that we're about to close in DC right now with me while we were there. And now we just delivered, you know, we exceeded our commitment. Our commitment was $500,000 and we hit $775,000. So when they see these things that, you know, you're serious, they see that you're building your brand, you're going to all the different events. You know, we've met in, in Colorado, we've met in Boston, we've met in different locations that they're having real estate event. And he's seeing us that we're active in the industry. He sees that you guys are serious. You're calling him to ask questions. He sees us that we're serious. And, and I think that's what people need to do if you're new. You want to put yourself out there, start networking with the people that are in the industry, start asking questions. No question is a dumb question. Everybody started from somewhere. And that's what he shared with me and uh, my partner when we met with him. He was like, I see myself in you guys. And that's why, you know, I'm here to help. So the same thing we're doing for a bunch of other people that are trying to come into the space as well. We're going to share with them as much as we know. And if we don't have the answers, we can reach out to people that have it to provide it to them. That's great. And so what are the steps that you're going to take to do your next deal? Oh, that's pretty simple. Right now, we already have teams in one of our main market is Charlotte, North Carolina, Durham, Chapel Hill area, North Carolina. We have our team already in place. We have the brokers, the property managers. They are actually knocking on doors on our behalf right now. So we have a list of properties that we're targeting. We have team members down there, like other people that do syndication that are you know, willing to work with us. We have investors lined up. Because right now, as I'm speaking to you, if somebody, we have people that wants to put money in this deal in DC, we can't take their money anymore. So we have these guys on the waiting list for upcoming deals that we have coming up. So that's what we're doing, just continuing to talk to brokers over there, work with our existing brokers and our management team that's over there. Yeah, that's great. So because you have some experience doing some deals now in your belt, now brokers take you more seriously because they know you can close. Your investors take you more seriously because they've seen that other investors have already done deals with you and you already have like property managers and systems in place because you already have done deals in those areas. Correct. And so the thing that I, like my broker that I'm working with now in North Carolina, you know, I just went on LinkedIn. I saw him, he's the owner of a brokerage firm in Charlotte. I just sent him a message and say, Hey, listen, I'm going to be in Charlotte. I'd like to meet with you. And we had dinner and he was like, dude, I think I like you, man. I like to work with you. At that time, we were working on the 192 unit in Marietta, Georgia. And they were like, yeah, no problem. And then we've kept relationship for over a year now. You know, we talked about family, kids, what his kids, his kids does, what my kids does, and, and everything. You know, we built some good relationship. At this point right now, he's at that point where he's like, you know what? I'm going to go to work for you. 
give me the list of properties you, you're thinking about. I'm going to call the owners on your behalf and then we're going to work together. So this kind of relationship and we're doing the same thing for, we have the same relationship with some other brokers in Durham, Riley, those areas as well. So just pick up the phone, call people. They are all, we are all human beings. Just call people and some people might don't want to talk to you. Some will give you audience, you know. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it sounds like you have a very promising future ahead for your group. Absolutely. Absolutely. The future is so bright, man. And our goals are very aggressive as well. Yeah. Well, Tanya, this has been a great conversation. Do you have any last words of advice for our listeners before we end our show today? My advice is, you know, don't just sit on the sideline. If you know that you really want to do this, just get started. Educate yourself as much as you can. There are a lot of free resources that are out there. Uh, you can reach out to our group. You can reach out to Shawnee. He has a bunch of content. There's a lot of different resources out there. If you really want to do this, just get started and start sharing it with people. Don't wait until you have a deal because at that point, it's just going to be new to them, all the people you know, and they might not take you seriously and you, and you become desperate. So my advice is just get started if you really want to do something with COVID-19. There are a lot of people, unfortunately, that are, are ill, that passed away. My heart goes on to them and their family. But there's a lot of people that are, are actually doing stuff with this whole crisis that's going on right now. Like I just shared with you guys, we're closing the deal tomorrow. So don't use this as an excuse not to do anything. If you have a dream, continue to pursue your dream. And one step at a time, things are going to start falling in place. That's awesome. And Tenny, how can people get in contact with you? The easiest way to get in contact with us is you can go to our website. is excitecapital.com. Excite is X as in xylophone. S as in Samuel, I as in Indigo, T as in Tango, E as in Edward, Capital.com. And we have a meetup group as well. It's called the Exciting World of Multifamily Investing Meetup and Networking. And we have a Facebook group where we share resources and we try to build a community as well. It's called the Exciting World of Multifamily Investing. So those are some really cool places that you can get a hold of us and get some of our content. All right, Tenny. Well, thank you so much for sharing how to get involved into multifamily commercial real estate, even with you know this crazy economic crisis going on. So thank you so much for all your advice. I appreciate it, Sean. And thank you for everything you do. Continue to keep the good work up. And I do appreciate your time too. Cool. If you want to be in the real estate investment industry, do what you can to get into the business so that people start associating yourself with it. For example, I used to be an engineer in the past and no one would come to me for real estate advice. But by consistently creating these podcast episodes, YouTube videos, weekly newsletters, people start to think of me as a real estate investor and hard money lender and regularly send me emails or comments on my videos asking for my thoughts about the subject. So if you want to transition into being a real estate investor full-time, create a personal brand and use social media wisely. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find the show notes and other episodes on our site, everythingrei.com slash podcast. If you live in the Bay Area, Join our meetup group, where we meet up twice a month in San Jose at meetup.com slash everythingrei. And if you thought this was a great episode, let me know what your key takeaway was and share it with a friend who's interested in real estate investing. Thanks and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It will only take a second and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at sean at everythingrei.com. That's S-E-A-N at everythingrei.com. Thanks and have a great day.